0: Hello, and welcome to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the conversation is always on utensils.
1: Sharp objects.
0: It's always on Amy Adams.
1: Girls that are gone.
0: It's always about American hustles.
1: Ben Affleck going down on Rosamund Pike. Solid.
0: It's all about... That one adaptation of Pride and Prejudice that you just don't quite get. Starring Rosamund Pike.
1: And the Oscars, where she was dominated but did not win. Actually, that's not what this show is about.
0: No, not at all, but that's okay. Hello, I am Gabriel Mara. I'm one of your co-hosts. I am a comedian sometimes, and a podcast producer sometimes, and a comedian again other times. And with me, as always, is my co-host...
1: Ryan Snyder, bartender extraordinaire, and sometimes chef.
0: Yeah, and yeah. food truck operator. Food truck guy,
1: food truck guy. We'll Ryan,
0: how is the food truck? Good,
1: good. It's um going steady. Yeah, we'll go with that.
0: Every weekend when I'm with the professor, my girlfriend, I struggle to not say, "Let's go get some brogies."
1: Uh, I can just teach you how to make them.
0: Oh, Ryan, I would never want to. I would never want to take money out of your child, after little Charlie's coffers.
1: Sir, sir, sir. That's a great holiday gift to give to your friends and family, more, than, ab- more than happy to share a trade secret with you.
0: Oh, well, that's okay. I'll make them for my birthday, for my parents or some shit. I don't yeah, know. If yeah. My dad is a known pierogi non-lover. Really? So, Ryan, I believe this is going to be the chocolate to change his mind.
1: Hmm. How about your mother? My mom digs it. How's your mother?
0: My mother's good. How's, how's your mother? My mother's good. Say how do your mother for me. Say how your mother. Is I your do mother like this song. Mom.
1: Yeah, your mom's sweetie, too. We were actually just talking about your mom this evening. Really? Yeah, because we were talking about um, how much small Asian women, how much we love her food. Oh, great! Yeah,
0: well, I I went to a very dark place, apparently. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, my mom's great.
1: We were talking about um, the—I forget the name of it—but the national Filipino dish. That she um, made.
0: The noodles? Yes, or the it's oh, called pancit.
1: It's so
0: good. It's spelled pan, C-I-T, but it's almost pronounced like pronounced like P-U-N-S-E-A-T, so pancit. It's so good. It is delicious. You're supposed to eat it on your birthday for long life. I'm more of a rice guy though, Ryan.
1: I love rice. Yeah. I love noodles too. And
0: like weirdly, this is me being ethnic. I just like rice more than I like pancit anyway. I...
1: When I was uh, a young man, as a sickly child. When and you were a young man. In the, when I was in the the hospitals, um, they had asked my parents if I was of Asian descent because of how much rice I consumed. Hmm. slightly racist, but that
0: seemed pretty racist for hospital staff. Yeah. So shame on y'all.
1: Yeah, but I from the time I was a child, I love rice. I used to just eat Dude, What's rice. not to
0: love about rice?
1: And then when I as I grew up, just rice and just throw whatever the hell you wanted Dude, it's, fuck it Yeah, you can
0: put out. anything on rice and it's good. It's awesome. I mean, that actually really ties into what we're in the middle of, which is the 86 list, our summer movie marathon, even though summer's almost over. It's all about kitchens and food movies and all about what Ryan and I have known to be our lives for the last 10 years each.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ryan, before we get really deep into it, how many jobs have you held in the kitchen?
1: Like, positions? Positions. Or positions. Uh, have, you
0: done, have you done all of it except for being, like, head chef?
1: Yeah. I, I um yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dishwasher, uh prep cook, line cook, uh banquet. Manger. banquet. Uh, I've sued for a few people. Um yeah, I've never been exec though. Look at their buddy. I've done front of and house stuff. You? Yeah. Been a waiter, bartender, um, front of house manager um i've done a lot
0: yeah um in the kitchen i've only been dish really yeah no i've I've only that's the only job i could handle honestly ryan i'm a sensitive little butterfly of a boy and i cannot handle kitchen guy talk because you, you know like like in a room full of like even like even if my girlfriend in the room in a room full of people ragging on each other i am dead quiet and then the second someone turns the arrow to me they're like, yeah, and then there's Gabe who loves rice. Immediately, my eyes start to water, and I'm like, huh, I guess so. And then everyone feels bad. Yeah. I'm I am a killjoy when it comes to ragging on people, but I I don't see I I I take pride in the fact that I don't dish it out because I can't take it.
1: Yeah, you go right to the throat when you.
0: Yeah, no, if, if, I, if I'm mad at you, I'm just going to say the meanest possible thing in the world because my mindset is, why are you being mean to me? I, I'm never mean to you. Why would you do that?
1: I'm the opposite. I can't accept, like, positivity and compliments. I find that, no. like, I grew up in a family that was very much, like... We communicated through insults. Mm. So when someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, you don't mean yeah. that.
0: Oh, same with me. I deflect every single compliment. I don't believe a compliment unless it's relayed to me secondhand. Yeah. That I will only believe a compliment if you say to me, oh, do you know what that customer said to the manager? Then I'll believe it. Yeah. If anyone compliments me in my face, I wonder, what are you trying to get out of me?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Ryan, we are damaged dudes. Damaged goods. And in that sense... Let's go on to our special episode topics because Gabe and Ryan are busy.
1: Yeah, I have jury duty. So
0: yeah. Um, that kind of put
1: a damper in our week.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I've I, been making this comparison all day. Apparently, my job, like my task list is a fucking Hydra. You cut off one head, three up here. Mm-hmm. And all of them say like, oh, I don't know how to do your job, but I need you to do yours now and i'm like Mm. you asked me to do about three days worth of work in an hour i don't think you understand the realistic the reality of my job and then they say get to work filipino and then i do it i know ryan i may be a softy but also i'm like a uh silly putty. i guess
1: you're stretchable
0: oh no i meant more like i am like there aren't a lot of things that have a soft exterior and a hard interior, are there?
1: Reverse gum.
0: I'm like a reverse, a, a reverse Tootsie Pop.
1: Yeah, reverse Tootsie Pop.
0: I'm like a marshmallow. I'm like a snow. I'm like an ice ball surrounded in snow. Oh. Yeah, it's soft, soft, re- mushy snow. I was reading re- like Calvin getting... and Hobbes, and that was exactly. the, That's the,
1: the Calvin special. snow yeah, yeah so the slush ball. And he's got like. Gravel and Sticks. shit. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, it's Susie Durkin's go and get it. Except she never does because she's smarter than him. Yeah. Right. I think we're also men who uh, ended up with women who are both well read and well learned and smarter than us, and we're all about it.
1: As you'll find out in a few weeks.
0: That's true. Can't wait. It's going to be yeah. fun because it's it's all of our worlds, and it's in all it's in like in a small slash twice. ball. It's, it's going to be a fun time.
1: Yeah. She I works did. at a college. She's a psychologist. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's best of everything for
0: The professor really hates it when I say that because she's like, stop being so dumb yourself. God.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I hear that a lot too.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, they, they're in for the long haul. It's fine.
1: Can you stop being so depressive? Like, I know.
0: Yeah, you no. know what you got into here. We're restaurant employees. Yeah.
1: There's a great Bourdain quote when uh, I was listening to an interview with him. He was like, uh, something about, like, um, if any of my friends could play bass like whoever, you could sure as shit bet we'd never work in a restaurant. <laughs> and I was like, that is so true. That's cool. And then you get really good at it, and you're like, yeah, I like it. hmm
0: That makes sense. But, Ryan, we're going to – because neither of us watched a movie for this week because we're too nope. busy, we decided we're going to have a little a little, little buffet for you guys. We have a variety of small segments, including a review of a TV show episode. But generally, we're going to call this uh, what – the eighty-six list, the, the halfway ki- there, the kitchen sink,
1: the forty-three list,
0: the forty-three list, solid. So we're gonna start with a new game, all about putting pressure on each other's tastes, and it's called what, Ryan?
1: Sacrificial lambs.
0: The sacrificial lambs. A little bit of mint jelly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotten lamb. Mint that jelly. always surprised me that that was a. Yeah, that was no though
0: I can't believe, I can never really believe. Do you like that. lamb? I do like lamb. I never order lamb, but it's like one of those things that if it's at a wedding and it's one of the dishes, I'm like, yeah, why not? And then I have it great every single time.
1: Medium rare lamb lollipops. Yeah, Delicious dude. Just lamb. So good. Hold on. Gyro.
0: Yeah, okay. It's, I say gyro, but. Yeah, it's, it's
1: I know some people who say gyro or gyro. Like, yeah, those
0: assholes gyro. also say karate.
1: And they also say fa.
0: Mm, I say fa. Yeah. But I do it. I, I really go out of my way to say, yeah, FUH. Yeah. Like I spell it like American F-U-H-H.
1: Mm. mm. Of so course. it has to
0: be. Anyway, Ryan. Fud wreckers. Yeah, fuck Yeah. Anyway, so Sacrificial Lambs. Ryan, what is this new little fun game we're playing?
1: We had talked about this briefly last week about um, Gabriel said he could give up Star Wars very easily in favor of like something like Back to the Future. So... We were deciding to kind of pit these two things against each other and make the other one squirm about which they would pick. Yeah. So as we were discussing kind of off air, uh, I had already decided, well, we kind of decided together which was going to make you squirm. So I'm going to yeah. pose it to you first.
0: Well, let's break this down further. Like according to film spotting rules that let's say that I say, Ryan, you can only pick between having Patrick Swayze's ghost or Patrick Swayze's. Roadhouse and oh no sorry, Patrick Swayze's dirty dancing, Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. you have to pick one. Ryan can't say, well, I guess I'll pick one because you know there are be plenty of others. No. according to film spotting, excellent podcast. according to their rules, when you pick one, it means that every single copy of the other, digital, physical or otherwise, is obliterated from the world. So when I say Ryan, You must pick Dirty Dancing or Roadhouse, and you say Roadhouse, no one ever, ever again will get to watch Dirty Dancing. Yeah. It's that grave. And then it resets for future games.
1: Of course, yeah. Because it's a mindset you must be in.
0: Much like Afonso Cuaron, you need gravity. (laughs) He didn't need it. You need Sandra Bullock. I don't don't really care for gravity. Did you you like gravity? I didn't see it. You can skip it. Okay. That's fine. Anyway
1: your two sacrificial lambs okay right now remember one of these mm-hmm. will be erased mm-hmm. for all, ex- all of existence you cannot show this to future generations your own children mm-hmm. will not be able to see this again you cannot see these the movie you choose to axe ever again
0: is there like a a authority that will prohibit me from making my own version
1: yes damn There isn't... You cannot reinterpret it. You cannot remake it. There is... It's gone.
0: it's forbidden? It's it's erased from
1: human consciousness. You're the only one who remembers it. Oh, And you cannot remake it. Wow. Okay. And you cannot talk about it ever again under the threat of death.
0: Boy, that's hard.
1: So... The Back to the Future trilogy... Okay. ...versus the Indiana Jones trilogy.
0: See, that adds a whole new dimension to it. Because I wonder... Am I being selfish?
1: When I am saying Indiana Jones trilogy, because there show. are only three of them.
0: Yeah, there is not a fourth film. Shia LaBeouf has not been born. No, but I think, I think that, that's a whole new dimension. It's, what if I'm being... Actually, then again, no one would ever know. The memory is wiped out. But then again, do I feel like... Would the world be a better place with Marty McFly in it? Or with Indiana Jones in it? Because Or being too loud, Ryan.
1: Uh, we are not being too loud. Our lovely restaurant manager is getting a new job and I congratulated him on it. And he texted me back. So bless him. Bless him.
0: Sweet, sweet man. No, but I, I don't know, right. So when it comes down to this this world, is the world a better place with Indiana Jones or Marty McFly?
1: It's a different level of cool.
0: I feel like, but then again, like I said, um, if no one's going to remember but me, then what the fuck do I care? But I'm definitely a Spider-Man kind of guy where I'm like, oh, no, I must think of The greater good. Oh, you made that so much harder. Because if it's just me, then I don't give a shit. If I'm never allowed to watch these movies ever again, then that's fine. It's back to the future every day of the week. I love Indiana Jones. God, I love Indiana Jones. It's so pivotal to me. Like I said last week, there's no time in the history of my life where I don't know I've seen these movies. I think, and this is a real heartbreaker for me, for the good of the world... We need Indiana Jones.
1: I did not expect you to go that way.
0: Yeah, no, it's for, it's for the good of the world. Because Marty faces bullies. Indiana Jones kills Nazis. When we need as many Nazi killers in the world. And really, it shatters me. I mean, I'll always have my memories of Back to the Future. Or oh, are you deleting my memories?
1: No. You can keep, okay. keep the memories. I'll
0: always have my memories. Back to the future. I, I'm going to get a quiet... So no, the authority doesn't see. I'm going to get a quiet, tiny, like, Back to the Future tattoo. Or maybe, like, Bulletproof Monk. I'll quietly tattoo the entire script, like, up my arm or something. So... I the, think the, the
1: council would allow that.
0: Yeah, the dead of night. When, like, when my, like, wife is asleep and the children are asleep, I'll go in the bathroom and I'll quietly sing to myself that score and I'll read the entire script on my arm.
1: All okay, he wanted to do was play his guitar and sing. Yeah, God,
0: His Johnny Johnny
1: uh, Johnny be good?
0: Be good, I mean Johnny Tambourine. Johnny be good.
1: It's, it's not that great,
0: but you know, I, I mean, he he rock and rolls, Ryan. So it's now up to me to present a similar Sophie's choice for you um, when it comes to your sacrificial lamb. I'm you are doing terrified. this to please. Let's say that. You are sacrificing every copy and the memory of this movie to God so he doesn't flood the world and kill everyone. But it's not a good example. You wouldn't mind killing everyone. No. Okay. But copies obliterated. Ryan, would you rather have in the world, keeping in mind that you keep your memories, but also no one will ever know the glory, would you rather keep in the world... Indiana Jones, the trilogy, or Ghostbusters. No one else will ever know who Peter Venkman is.
1: That is a. Hmm. That's tough because Ghostbusters is very much a product of its time. I don't. Mm-hmm. As proven a couple years ago, I don't think that movie works today.
0: That is Katie Dippold's fault. And I like Katie Dippold, but she fucked up um god i could i could teach it in time my parents so i hosted a talk back today about um juliet naked ethan Hawke movie rose Byrne. love rose Byrne, and my parents came to it which is kind of weird but my dad pointed this out to me which is something that literally never occurred to me in my life my dad's like you know you have your degree now you should get your master's and be a film professor and i was like that's not uh, a bad idea yeah i could do that but i could do that and i could get you know, benefits. Yeah. I had the worst toothache all day today, Ryan. Anyway, you were saying,
1: um, see, Ryan, you can, the...
0: you never get to share with your children or your family. Ghostbusters. People movie... will look at that tattoo forever and say, what is that? Marshmallows.
1: Yeah. And you know, that movie is so important to me because it, it showed me the importance of teamwork.
0: Yeah. It's a wonderful movie about,
1: because it's not one person yeah. facing evil. It's f- four people mm-hmm. brave enough to face evil and certain destruction together well, right, and brave wasn't. enough to do it because they are together. They feed off one another.
0: Did you watch that le- Lessons from the Screenplay video all about Ghostbusters um, 1 versus the remake? It's all about if how... Not,
1: but I have something to do now.
0: I will send it to you. But it's this wonderful breakdown about... Do you know what makes the Ghostbusters first movie work and why the second and the remake don't? It's ultimately a story about people starting a business. Mm-hmm. Because it's they don't do it for the greater good. I mean, ultimately it ends yeah. up being that. But the inherent purpose, if you break down story structure, what do what is their desire? It's to make money is to achieve this desire that even even Ray it comes down to he wants to prove his point but also he wants to make a profit off of it
1: it's one of the one of the first lines in the movie from Finken is we can go into business for ourselves exactly and then it goes further into they meet with the bank yeah. and uh, ray sells his parents house and like how despondent he is about it just like it was my parents house i was born there
0: and And that's so fucking cool that's a a subtext it's a tense text that no one ever remembers
1: Mm -mm. and i i i I just proved i remember all these stupid lines because yeah i've probably seen this movie more than i have the indiana jones movies really yeah
0: i regularly rewatched indiana jones movies
1: like ghostbusters is one of those movies that like like you said, it's it's just always been here.
0: It's cooked into you.
1: And I don't remember a time without it. And I just, every time it's on, I will sit and watch it. I have yeah. favorite scenes from it, like in my mind there's no better scene than like the four Ghostbusters walking up to Gozer and Peter Bankman calling out the lines to him like, got your stick, hold it. And it's so fucking cool because like there's certain doom right in front of them Mm -hmm. and they still have the balls to call out like cool looking, like cool lines and then Mm -hmm. just like, let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. It's like in Bankman's mind, like it's just like, we are fucking better than you. Mm -hmm. and there's no way you're gonna beat us
0: you know that makes me really think what like that would make a a great double feature any of the cardinal trilogy and ghostbusters because there's so much of an actual connection to that that i don't ever really think about where you have everyday people who have a higher calling at least in their own way about what their demands are in the face of certain supernatural doom and their pragmatic response to it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like I would I I would very very happily either watch a double feature of Ghostbusters and Shaun of the Dead or Ghostbusters and World's End. Hot Fuzz not so much, but still. yeah,
1: those two would much be better. Yeah. So, that being said, yes, right. The choice.
0: Who is your sacrificial lamb? You like the what? world will end if you don't give up one of these things.
1: For the greater good.
0: For the greater good. The, speaking of hot fuzz
1: I'm, sacri- good. I'm sacrificing ghostbusters oh i feel like the the world needs a a, a hero like indiana jones to, yeah. t- to show perseverance and one man against the odds
0: isn't that the best it's, thing about indiana jones the fact that he gets this shit beaten out of him
1: and every I, time and there's not there's none of that in there's ghostbusters no
0: quitting that guy
1: exactly and i think for the world you need like you said someone who's willing to punch out a nazi mm-hmm. someone who is willing to,
0: willing to get into a fist fight with a nazi twice as big twice as his, his size and let a propeller turn him into someone who's willing main.
1: to travel halfway across the world to find the father that yeah. he like essentially despises yeah. that i think that shows
0: a man afraid of like, snakes who will jump into a den of snakes
1: if you want to show true american morals look mm-hmm. no further than indiana jones i think right now in this country what we need is indiana archaeologists
0: jones. fighting fucking nazis
1: yeah so for the greater good it's the greater as, good as much as it pains me to get rid of Ghostbusters it'll always live on in my mind and my heart I can always pull up my sleeve and look at it and remember the good times it's a wonderful tat but for for the world yeah it's indie
0: Ryan this is why we are unknown heroes yeah we took
1: a hit yeah
0: you will never know to the joy of George McFly becoming a better man
1: (sighs) from learning from his cool son
0: exactly but but really like how did how did like is your memory that foggy of your teen years that you don't recognize that 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 your buddy looks exactly like your son
1: it's see when i was watching these movies in bed with uh michelle Monaghan the other day um i was about to say mm uh she had pointed that out. She was asking me about the timeline thing, and I had to kind of, like, looper her. and be Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. No, it, it, I was like, just wait 10 minutes. Doc Brown will explain the whole you thing. You can't
0: question it. It's loopered.
1: Doc Brown explains it, like, pretty well. Like, well enough that you're, like, don't really need to question it. But like right, it, the
0: whole sun thing?
1: No, the whole, like, timeline thing. Oh, time yeah. That's yeah, fine. But, like, even at a certain point, you can question it and be like, well, what if you went back? Like, like that wouldn't work... Don't, no. don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not fine. important.
0: Don't sweat it. That's not the point of the movie. Yeah. yeah you, it's, it's like about time, which you need to watch. If you get bogged down in the mechanics of time travel, you're not going to witness the actual beauty of the human drama.
1: kB you only failed me once. So.
0: Which one was that one?
1: Uh, spectacular Now. Yeah. The last quiet episode.
0: Yeah, our last whispered episode. But now we have microphones and pop filters.
1: And there's no child here this time. It's just my wife sleeping 60 feet away through walls
0: yeah we're fine there's dvds between us as she well she
1: actually said last time that she did not hear us whatsoever
0: oh well we were we did ryan you and i were recording as close as demi moore and it was, uh it patrick was swayze like, were recording how, and Ghost. did
1: you did you enjoy this movie like no not not really
0: i'm so I, tired i'm not hurt but i understand that spectacular that no, wasn't your thing
1: yeah, now it's much more, like, normal speaking volume, but, like, I watched... Yeah, we're chilling. I was thinking about it. Like, I have this door to this the movie room wide open mm-hmm. half the time, and I'm playing, like, loud action movies, and, like, she's just down the hall. And I didn't yeah. realize how much an air conditioner just dampens out sound.
0: Oh, dude, yeah. No, me, the professor, what and noise? I, massive snorers. And honestly, since really? the air conditioning's been on... We're Professor's like, a snorer. We both are. I think I'm the worst one, actually. Hmm. See? So it goes.
1: Shel Monaghan's just kind of, like, a light... <clears> hmm. <throat> For so like thirty seconds and then out. Me, I'm just like a fucking train rolling through the room.
0: Mm. And both of us were like, "Go on!" Oh
1: wow. Yeah. Would not have expected that out of Professor.
0: Yeah. No. Um. Uh, she and I are both on double doses of it. FloNase.
1: Would not have expected it out of you either.
0: Yeah. No. It, dude, it's all the sinuses. Uh. It's it's not anything to do with demeanor. It's all sinus problems. So and like, you if know you're if you're, cl- if you're
1: both cleared up, then you sleep like angels.
0: A little bit. That's why FloNase before sleep because mm. sometimes it'll just be a gentle. I see. Right rolling, like like a like a model train set. Oh, okay. But then we don't do that, and there's no AC. There's one of us is sleeping. That's the deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it goes. Anyways, Ryan, we played two games. No, one game. One sorry. game. I don't know. Um, shall we discuss our minor, our yeah. mini sewed '86 list discussion? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that is,
0: we. 30% Iron Chef Clip from the episode?
1: And now, judgment. The winner will become the new iron cook. The loser is doomed to scrub. Whose confection will achieve perfection? Whose foodstuff will be the good stuff? Sharedry! <laughs> Bendiri.
0: You honor me, Chairman Koji. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto.
1: Chairman-san, I came here with one goal, to humiliate Elzar in a large stadium. I believe I've done that. No question. But the true zen of flavor is not found in a coliseum. It is found in a small kitchen with friends. That is why I decline the title of Iron Cook, and accept only the lesser title of Zinc Saucier, which I just made up. Also,
0: it comes with double prize money. Great episode.
1: Sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: Ryan, so we didn't have time to do anything. Honestly, if we had time, if we hadn't had a wonderful little conversation, a friend of a show, Neil Haim saw and drank beers and been workshopping, we could have spent 22 minutes watching one of my absolute favorite episodes of Futurama. Mm-hmm.
1: We're both noted I I I'm a diehard future hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. To be perfectly cool.
0: honest, Ryan, have you finished the show?
1: I might be missing like two or three episodes out of the last like really? two seasons, yeah. but
0: out of the final few seasons, I barely watched them.
1: Yeah, they're not great. I mean, one through four is like your sweet spot. The, the
0: initial run of four seasons, immaculate.
1: Yeah, there's not a bad episode Perfect in there. Episodes. even the pilot, like
0: well, outstanding.
1: One of the best pilots I've ever seen.
0: I mean, there was a long period of time where in my teen years where they would run two to four episodes of Futurama a night on Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. Never missed them. And by that token, the original run, I probably watched every episode at least four times.
1: Oh, I'm probably about there too. I had I had the first four seasons on DVD as a teenager, so like it was just in constant rotation.
0: Yeah. So for those of you somehow don't know what Futurama is, it is Matt Greenings of The Simpsons, his follow up to The Simpsons. It was a wonderful TV show that started in ninety nine?
1: I believe no, maybe two thousand. No, ninety ninety nine into two thousand because the
0: and it ran from ninety nine to two thousand three, I believe. That's when it ended. And it was this wonderful show about a teenage, not teenage, sorry, like a about a 20-something idiot named Philip J. Fry, um, voiced by Billy West. Uh, Billy West, and named after Philip, Phil Hartman. Uh, he gets um, He's a pizza boy in the 20th century. He falls into a cryogenic freezing chamber, and then wakes up in the year 2999, just in time for New Year's for the year 3000. He befriends a cyclops named Leela. A robot named Bender, and his great-great-great-great-great-grandnephew, Dr. Farnsworth. Yes. Adventures ensue in the future. And Comedy.
1: And it's all great with such classic like background characters and side characters. The entire Planet Express crew. Zap Brannigan. Zap. Kif, and fucking Brannigan. Space Pope.
0: Mm-hmm. Space
1: Pope. Morbo. Um, uh,
0: uh, what's his name? The frog. Hypnotoad. Hypnotoad, Hypnotoad yes. Hypnotoad. Okay, the, it, it just doesn't end. Like, I them
1: yeah, it, it's it's similar to The Simpsons in that way, where every side character, background character serves a purpose, and that purpose mm-hmm. is a chuckle.
0: Yeah, and for a while I felt that Futurama was a much tighter show. I, that apparently later seasons have kind of given me that, but then mm-hmm. at the same time, there's been like what uh, twenty nine seasons of um, Simpsons.
1: Yeah, and eight of them are good.
0: Yeah, that's a drag. Yeah, that might be worth getting into at some point. You and I are diehards. Yeah. And mm, anyway. Yeah. So because this is the 86 list, (coughs) there's a certain episode where Bender the robot, voiced by the incomparable John DiMaggio, decides he wants to become a chef, even though he's a robot of no taste buds. Ryan, take it from here.
1: I I think it's like... um the early like the rise of the celebrity chef yeah. it was one of the first um shows that was kind of critiquing that
0: yeah iron chef was a big deal yeah in the elzar early on. was yeah emerald yeah Love elzar what was his catchphrase with the weasels
1: uh it, was, it wasn't bam it wasn't bam it was something i forget what it was
0: boy maybe you should rewatch oh. this how
1: but he's used to yeah it was the spice weasel and like mm-hmm. squeezing it and shit It was um, yeah, a
0: celebrity chef that Bender idolizes insults him, where Bender becomes a chef, and then eventually it ramps up to a Iron Chef battle between Bender the robot and Elzar, in the memory of Bender's uh, mentor. mentor. We should just rewatch this, right?
1: Yeah. I forget the guy's name, but he's a, a grody little bridge troll.
0: Yeah, he's a weird, like, like French guy.
1: Yeah. I'm teaching him that, you know, it's the flavor that
0: matters. Mm-hmm. When in <laughs> actuality it's L S D. Helmut Spargel. Yes. Wonderful.
1: Uh, I really like it as a send up of like early two thousand celebrity chef where you started to see the rise of like you remember like early two thousands where everyone was watching Emerald?
0: Yeah. There was nothing but him. It. it was just ban everything. Bam this, bam that. It was
1: like the pop culture lexicon was, bam! You all the weakest link. Goodbye. Like, yeah. Stupid shit like that. Yeah.
0: And really, this this when did when did a kitchen confidential come out? Ninety nine, I want to say almost.
1: Yeah, because it was pre nine eleven. Bourdain started in like getting his shit together with like TV shows in like early two thousands.
0: Yeah. So really, this this was the very beginning of food culture, which I think is a really cool thing about it. That yeah. Before like before I think like there was Kitchen Confidential and Emerald And there was Iron Chef when all of a sudden food became an entertaining, like, empire. People wanted to watch food media. Food Network wasn't really a thing until...
1: I remember watching it in the mid-90s with my dad. But my Mm -hmm. dad went to CIA, Culinary Institute of America. So, like, I was one of the only kids watching, like, you know, whatever the name of the stupid show was where people were cooking things. And I got really interested in it. And then, like, Celebrity Chef thing happened. And it's just like, yeah, this is Mm -hmm. weird. It's like the local like news cooking segment, but in a full yeah half hour format.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember I used to love <clears throat> old cooking shows like uh like Julia Child's thing and Yan can cook. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. Martin Yan, the Asian chef. I still love them. I really gotta admit. God, I love. I mean, fuck. We're we're both restaurant people, and we're doing a restaurant movie list right now. But
1: one of my old um, chefs was a deaf Vietnamese guy. Awesome, and he got into cooking from Yan.
0: Yeah, I do. I love that. So I was yet.
1: talking to him about, like, writing to him about it, because it's, you know, we'd just write notes, and then we'd have, like, shorthand kitchen sign language. Cool. And we were just talking how people got into cooking, and he just wrote down, like, Yan Can Cook. And I was like, okay, cool.
0: Fuck yeah. So PBS, an- buddy. Yeah.
1: It was really interesting to hear this, like, Vietnamese immigrant is one of his earliest memories is watching that show, and that's what got him into this.
0: Yeah. I I really like. I would be so so pleased if my career trajectory is becoming a producer for a cooking show. Why, Ryan? Who's your favorite Futurama character?
1: Zap, probably. Mm.
0: You know, I believe I had a different answer for that. Like, like it was one of those things where it was so they are develop important for me that i had a, like a rotating thing for me kiff was one of my favorites for like a billion years
1: okay i mean they're all great but like mm-hmm. i don't know i just think zap has some of the most like the funniest lines mm-hmm. but they're funny because he doesn't know how funny they are when he's oh, delivering yeah.
0: them yeah bless billy west for doing his trump thing that like uh, for me i i think the the one of the greatest lines in in comedy history is still just I am the man with no name, Zap Brannigan. I'm like, that's perfect. It hurts
2: me.
1: When I hear Billy West and uh, his one, uh, you can find it on YouTube, just uh, Google Billy West, uh Penn Jillette, and he's on doing all of his voices, and I still use this at the bar when I'm talking about a uh, friend of the show and former guest Neil Heimsoth. He's mm-hmm. like Zep Brenigan, master of space and time, and oh yeah, winner of this year's modesty award.
0: <laughs> so I always say that to Neil that he's
1: mm. winner of the modesty award. Yeah, he deserves it because it's funny.
0: He's the most modest.
1: The most the modest. most a modest mouse, if you will.
0: Yeah, You're like like not at all a braggart bear. No. No. No chance, Lance. <laughs> I mean, right? Let's be honest. This is a bit of a placeholder conversation but really let, let us never underestimate i love this episode futurama um i love the entire preposterous subplot of the broken bottle ship Yes,
1: who broke the ship
0: yeah and Zo- um, like, do you remember the utter joy when you realized that zoidberg's name is john yes yeah every character has, has that secondary layer of Philip Fry, Tarangalila,
1: Bender, Bending Bending Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Like, but Bender the Senoritas, Vamos.
0: <laughs> in one of the movies where it's like he's in a poker contest, it's like and Bender Rodriguez is at it.
1: It's so great.
0: Yeah, I I love this episode. I love the LSD thing, the helmet sparkle. I love that Nothing Robo Romor.
1: trace amounts of LSD.
0: Wonderful. Cooking is great.
1: Cooking is fun. Right. And it doesn't have to look pretty to taste delicious. Absolutely not. Some of the most delicious Ugly things delicious
0: I've had. Dave Chang.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's in a, an agreement with most of the chefs that I've talked to and I'm friends with that, like, anytime you go to a new city, don't look for the high-end place. Mm-hmm. You look for that mom-and-pop hole in the wall that's yeah. been open for 50 years. Well, it's going think... to look like – it might look like shit when you get it, that sloppy, mm-hmm. you know, cheeseburger. But it's going to taste Fucking better than anything in a five star restaurant you're paying $40 for.
0: So, Bourdain said, someone said this, and I've always wanted to do it that if you want to know where the best restaurant is in a town, you arrive at a town wherever. You find the grodiest most populated, like shitty bar of old bastards. You buy everyone around and you ask them, where should I eat around here? And those grody old bastards will guide you to the best food you will eat in that town.
1: Hey, you give a grody old... If, if I was sitting at like one of those grody bars and I got a free beer from some tourist, yeah. and they said, where should I eat? and be like, buddy, let's talk.
0: Yeah, I have the entire list for you. And they will show you the gems. I mean, it's... I mean, Ryan, you ever really wonder about what it'd be like to... like Even in your own... Do we have a Michelin star restaurant within a 50 mile radius of us?
1: I, I don't know how Michelin Star Guide works. I think it, it it seems like it's only in like metropolitan cities, but that can't be true. Bolit has been recognized as one of the top 100 restaurants in the country. I and I've heard it's great. I've not eaten there yet, but I've heard it's. You amazing. You haven't eaten at Bolit yet? No, I heard it's amazing.
0: Oh, right, we gotta go. Yeah. Um, me and the professor are talking about how on weekdays they have like a bargain hunter special, which is, sounds terrible, but you show up there at opening and you sit at the bar. And you get like a taste, you get basically like a, an entire taster's menu for a discount for showing up at like 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. And Ryan, no offense to our fine establishment, the bookstore speakeasy, but maybe the best cocktail I've had in our town, and probably the surrounding areas, is at Bleet. Really? They have this thing. They have a cocktail. It is a martini. It's just, uh, gosh, what's that Icelandic vodka? like a Streka or something like that it's a Sunday vodka
1: it's not beluga
0: no and it's um the house pickled mushroom juice okay and a mushroom garnish and it is simplicity itself and it's this unbelievably Acidic, earthy it's this is unbelievably gorgeous dirty martini it's unreal
1: but pickle juice not well, it's not, not mushroom ju- juice, yeah, but it's not like olive juice.
0: No, it's yeah, it's pickling I mean. juice. It's fucking unreal. All right, the food's amazing. Yeah, um, uh, me and the professor are planning on going soon. You and Michelle Monahan should join us. We'll sit at the bar. We'll have some out, like some outlandish cocktails and some very good food.
1: Damn, I'm in.
0: Yeah, Well, we have a food show, Ryan? I feel yeah. like we. I think you and I, we we love food and movies with equal measure it's both of our double passions
1: yeah i would say so
0: hmm. all right well futurama is great it's on netflix watch 30 iron you chef no it's on hulu it's, it's on, on hulu don't. sorry yeah. yeah i found had 30 rocks on netflix anymore i almost had a, like a heart attack i'm like that's on hulu i paid for it so <sighs> check that out um we'll be back with some more shit
1: yeah Hobo Negroni time
0: All right, hell yeah. Daniel, start fucking talking. Whatever.
2: Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Huh.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Um, the Sith. Because, yep, I uh, knew basically, it. Uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so...
0: Painful. Yeah, I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I know, that, I know what that's like. And surely... you were in
0: a car that landed in black water. Yeah,
2: I, dude, I know, I fucking killed a woman. You fought? Like, uh... <laughs>
0: you, oh, okay, <laughs> never
2: mind. Alongside. Um, do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid because, like, her reaction to that is like, "You never read The Giver? You work in a bookstore?" And and I and I was like really. Really close to just snapping and just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On-air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit gone <laughs> girl possess. <up his> <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? let it. No. But our one <laughs> run-in with the police.
0: I took a breath to start. I'm like, no.
2: <laughs> no, no, not nope. going that way. We're not
0: a political podcast.
2: Nope. Uh, we're just, we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging! And books! Into the water. Pledged. pearl to arms. and magicians. Wise plug. Ethan. From. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence, the hot-ass, top-gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area. And then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio.
1: Hello and welcome back Hi, Ryan. to Sex and Violence. I'm still Ryan Snyder. You're still.
0: I'm still Gabriel, baby Mara. Yeah. That's me.
1: We're going to wrap this up. Let's we should. Our, to our it's late. final segment. Yeah.
0: Final two segments.
1: Final two segments.
0: We have a game Ryan. This, this, this is a nice fun and games episode for us.
1: Yeah. It's it's always fun to just kind of yeah. relax. It's well, you and me, baby. We're I good. feel bad, though, because we didn't watch a movie. But, I mean, mm-hmm. these are still fun episodes. Yeah, nice we're fine, you know?
0: Hopefully you listen to the show because you like talking to us. Yeah. Not because we have such cutting remarks about Jiro dreams of Sushi.
1: Yeah. Cutting
0: remarks. I hope you hey, just, hey. <laughs> just like us. So, yeah. god damn it. Like me, damn it. Ryan. Yes. We're gonna play a game. A game. It is maybe my favorite game we've ever played on this show. And what's it called?
1: Hero. Not Not a hero. hero. I wanna play this one with Sean.
0: Oh, I bet he'd bring you some some real like weaponized selections. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, we're playing Hero Not a Hero with Ryan Snyder, where I and guests provide Ryan with a series of media characters and ryan has to designate whether or not they are a hero because ryan in his weird immo- like immovable walls in his heart has designated rocky dennis of mask not a hero he's not a hero he's nice just guy. he's just a nice kid of a fucked up face who takes care of other children but to ryan not a hero
1: Nice guy, not a hero. Baffling being, to me. Being a nice guy does Baffling not make you hero Baffling
0: to me. And, and uh, I, 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 I'm almost sorry you rescinded your opinion because it brought me endless amounts of joy that you considered Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, <laughs> not a hero, and Charlie Bronson the most violent man in England, hero. But you've since went back on that. I did. Yeah. I feel like I want to make an entire one of on the like, like a future hero, not a hero on that. But...
1: I'm sorry, I have family members who are Marines and I gotta give credit for, See, when, for I, war heroes. I, I, I
0: gotta I gotta find some some military characters who are not heroes, just to break this down for you. But anyway, Ryan, I'm gonna present you with three media characters. So and you're gonna tell me whether they're a hero or not a hero. Okay. Based on whatever obscure like criteria you have, yeah. for, for me, I, my understanding of it is that you need to risk your life to be a hero. Is this...
1: Or punish evil.
0: Okay. Right, so that's that's Punish funding. misdeeds. Okay. So, Ryan, your first person in my game of hero, not a hero, Connor Lawler. The main character of Sing Street. The lead singer of the band, Sing Street, who sings charming pop songs and strives to win the heart of dear Rafina. Connor Lawler of Sing Street. Hero, not a hero. Not a hero. But he chases his dreams, right? (laughs) And he like, he like, he helps her. So
1: every teenager. He
0: helps her through her entire cycle of abuse. (laughs) <laughs> he gambles everything to get on the boat. Nice guy. Not a hero. But he, he, he's there to save his band members off to the to, to the drudgery him. of no, Ireland. No, not a hero. Not a hero? Not a hero.
1: Well,
0: Connor Lawler is a I hero, right? He's
1: not, he's not a hero. <laughs> I believe in him. I believe in him too, but like... Okay. He's not a hero. The singer, the the writer
0: and singer of "Drive It Like You Stole It," not a hero.
1: I like him, but he's not a hero. Is
0: Daryl Hall a hero?
1: In my heart.
0: Okay, but not. But via your proper designation, Daryl Hall not a hero. Not part of the game.
1: I, I had to look back on the man's history. I'd probably say but... John
0: Oates is more of a hero because he's put up for more shit. But okay, okay, yep. Connor Lawler, of Sing Street. I'm, I'm a little taken aback. Connor Lawler, not a hero. Connor Lawler, not a hero. Charlie
1: Bronson, still a hero. Still a
0: hero. The, the, not on my ass. And my not on my ass on my ass. Your second selection: Vigo Mortensen's Nikolai, the Enforcer, from And Driver, from. Eastern promises. He's the driver and the muscle and the enforcer behind uh Vincent Cassell and Armin Mueller of the Russian Mafia in England. He's a man who takes significant beatings and ultimately fights to preserve the life of a baby child, though you could make a strong argument that Naomi Watts is the one who actually does anything besides get her ass kicked. Nikolai, also known as Viggo Mortensen, of Eastern Promises. Hero, not a hero.
1: Sometimes good men have to do bad things. Okay. Hero.
0: Explain further.
1: He has chosen a path for his life where he's going to act the part of a bad man.
0: That's very Serpico. Have to play
1: a bad man. Okay. But is not ultimately in service of the greater good within taking down the Russian mafia. And by doing these bad things, he's going to prevent worse things from happening. Hero.
0: Okay. You know, I, I, I can't really argue that claim. That makes sense. He is an extremely violent man who commits multiple crimes, who savagely murders people and defiles bodies. Hero. But, hero. hero. Okay. You watch him cut the fingertips off a man, but you hero...
1: Yeah, hero. Okay. Yeah, hero. Yeah, hero. yeah, yeah I, I, My criteria is fucked up. Your is criteria
0: is is a fucking tangled weave, but I can't argue with it. I mean, I could try, but I, it's 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 also like it's a, a Gordian brick wall. knot. Because there you go, he's you cut right through it. And finally, for your last hero, not a hero, we have Ryan Gosling's character in the seminal La La Land. Sebastian, jazz musician, who decides to fight for his own dream and sacrifice his happiness and his future, something that I will argue with you and Katie Komets till the end of my days, because I don't really think he sacrificed fucking shit, but he sacrifices, by your own admission, from what I understand, a happy future based on a fantasy sequence with Emma Stone to start Seb's. Sebastian, Kamala Land, hero, not a hero. Not a hero. Not a hero? No. Explain.
1: He's just like Connor. He's a musician chasing his dream. He's in love.
0: So pursuing your dream doesn't make you a hero?
1: Absolutely not. Anyone, <laughs> could, anyone could pursue their dream. Okay. It takes a very strong personality and a very strong person to fight for what's right in this world and fight in the literal sense.
0: Is giving up your happiness in the pursuit of a dream heroic or not heroic?
1: Not, it makes you a good person. It doesn't make you heroic.
0: Oh, it makes you a good person, even. I, I, I think there's a distinction. You can be heroic while being a good person, you can be an inspiration about being a good person. Yeah. Like, is Venom a hero? Anti hero. Well, oh, that's that? still a hero. Is a hero not a hero? No, a is hero it, is not is, a is, hero. Like, I wanted to bring this up because oh, I, I, I didn't think it was that complicated. Hero. I wanted to ask you, but I felt honestly it was kind of dumb. Is Deadpool a hero?
1: Hmm.
0: Bonus hero, not a hero. Is Deadpool a hero?
1: No, because his heroic, his heroic actions serve his own ends, not the greater good. Hmm. The greater good is the theme of this episode.
0: Okay. I the greater good.
1: I think heroic actions serving your own purposes, your own selfish purposes are, it makes it a, not a heroic act. Man.
0: Ryan, right, one day I'm going like I want to make a chart. Someone out there make a chart of Ryan's heroes not heroes, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. make some fan art for us. It'd be great.
1: So I, th- I think we're, yeah, only one hero in this list and it's fe- yeah. It's Mafia an equal lie. Mafia member. Nikolai.
0: Yeah, it's fucking Russian mob enforcer, a member of the Varvi. So
1: heroes, Nikolai, Charlie Bronson.
0: Yeah. Who else was there in our list?
1: That was a hero? Yes. I just remembered that because it was really funny. Did you
0: say Dr. Manhattan was a hero? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. I war
1: actually war designated him a war hero.
0: <laughs> Ryan, your hero, not a hero list continues to fascinate
1: Thank me. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs>
0: Listeners, if you have any suggestions to play against Ryan Snyder's Hero Not a Hero, message us directly on our Instagram at Sex and Violence Pod, the word, and on Instagram. It's, it's always a look into an abyss that is Ryan's Baby Blues.
1: It looks back.
0: It looks right back at you when you decide to burn a man of hot fat oil. That's how it goes.
1: <gasps> well, thanks for playing.
0: Thanks for playing, Ryan. It was a wonderful time. And we'll play our last game before we go off for the night. What's it called, Ryan?
1: Double Trouble, Double Feature.
0: Double Feature, Double Trouble. Yeah, that's how you blah, put blah, blah, it. Blah, blah. So, Ryan, it was your theme selection. It was
1: my theme. And the theme that I'd like to choose for this, uh, So, as we've been playing the last couple weeks, it's uh, A movie and a B movie. Your A movie is going to be the, your more popular choice. Your B movie is going to be the more popular, not crowd pleaser, a little yeah. bit more culty.
0: Yeah, we're designing our own drive-in movie double features, and we will decide which would we watch each other's double feature based on a theme, keeping in mind that A is your pop film, and B is your B-grade film, as designated by Cutie and Pie himself, Quentin Tarantino.
1: Hey. so the theme for this one is based on true events.
0: Ryan, you and I discussed our picks prior, and it makes me almost want to do a left field on you.
1: I'm I'm actually doing a Are left field. Are you left fielding me? I'm left fielding you, oh, on, you left on, fielding on, me, bro? on the B.
0: Oh, I think I might I'm fi- going fall on left field you, bro. All
1: right. Okay. I, I'm going to give you the uh, the honors going wow, first.
0: Oh, man. Damn it. I was hoping to think about it further.
1: I can go first if you want to think. Oh, well, no. Let's go for
0: it. Right. So, Ryan, imagine you're at a double feature, that you're pulling up your, like, fam's like, like, hey, we're going to go see this movie, we're going to sit together, and it's based on a true story, and you're trying to predict what it'll be. And my initial decision was going to be a double feature of Goodfellas, Scorsese classic, and My Blue Heaven, also with Steve Martin. Oh, is this the book? Wise Guy by uh, Nicholas Bluggy? Yeah, that's what I'm going to read
1: read when I'm at jury duty tomorrow because I figured if they see me reading that, they're going to dismiss me right away and I can come home and sleep.
0: Nice. I saw that and I was wondering if that was the basis for Wise Guy, the movie starring what's-his-face, I think, from The Wanderers. Some handsome guy. Anyway,
1: but no, that's the basis for yeah, I was
0: going to select Goodfellas and My Blue Heaven, but now I, I, in, I in in playing at the game this is my fantasy double feature that I am the I am the mad director of this combo. I kind of want to go like like surprising and bleak, so I think my double feature is actually going to be a picture is City of God. Which we discussed last week, or two weeks, two weeks ago, ago, Yeah, with um, Katie Kometz and um, Bella Magical. It is a... Ryan, have you seen even a little bit of it? No. I think you'd love it. Yeah? Because it's... Imagine if Edgar Wright directed... Um... Fuck, what's a true crime gang movie? Like, if the Warriors based American on... Gangster? No, more than that. Imagine if... The Warriors was based, in fact, about the cruelties of street life, and Edgar Wright directed it. It is fucking bravura directing. If they're going to
1: remake that movie, that's the only man I want doing it. Side yeah. note, did you hear he might be on the shortlist for the Bond 25 directors?
0: Edgar Wright? Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Or not short list, but list.
0: I, I doubt that's going to happen. That'd be fun. I think he's too eclectic. Yeah. They took him off Ant Man. They're not gonna let him do a bond. Point. They're gonna make him do something. Like I think that that would be like putting a beautiful bird in a cage. That's why I bother.
1: Yeah. Anyway. And, continue.
0: Yeah, anyway. So City of God, directed by Fernando Meirelles, It is this fucking like can you imagine the joy of shocking horrific human violence dazzled by unbelievably beautiful camera movements kinetic like imagine if the wachowski brothers directed a sisters should, sisters sorry the wachowski's directed an amazing street crime movie right just watch a trailer of city of god okay. it's incredible i think you'd love it all right it's pure entertainment there's no disagreeing with that that there's even though it's made like an art house film it's fucking pure entertainment. It's Beauty. outstanding. All right. And my B for those who want to be really, really depressed about the realities of true crime, we're gonna watch Zodiac.
1: Oh, I would so watch your double feature just yeah, because you're no. closing on Zodiac.
0: Yeah, no, honestly.
1: A two and a half hour talkie.
0: City so of God, like that's that's five in. straight hours of electric, kinetic filmmaking and very like
1: you that's film school
0: everyone's gonna walk out of there feeling like they need to make movies because they're like that's that's amazing about zodiac it's like my feeling about um about uh about fucking requiem for a dream Mm -hmm. i don't care how depressing the material is if the filmmaking is like a shot it's like it's like snorting coke i'm in
1: all right I Mine. fucking love Zodiac. I, we've discussed this numerous times.
0: Zodiac is fucking tremendous. Yeah, it's so good. It 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 is like like
1: it's one of my favorite uh, Robert Downey Jr. performances. Oh, he's
0: incredible in it. That if you wanted to make an argument for like what are the greatest American movies, Zodiac has to be on there.
1: O seven movie. Hmm? That's movie. That's
0: true. Like if you wanted to like argue with me, like oh, the, the best American tales are like Godfather, Citizen Kane. And I'd be like, you gotta include Zodiac. Yeah. It's it's a pure American story. It's a s-
1: investigative journalism serial killer moody period piece.
0: John Carroll Lynch. That's all you gotta say.
1: Yeah. And that I think I brought it up before, but that that creepy basement scene. Mm. I was like, Oh, you know, these are the signatures that most closely match the Zodiac. Those are my signatures. But that that's my writing. Like Oh shit! He's just trying to get out, and that guy's just being super creepy. That fucks with me. Every I time. have
0: not rewatched that movie, Ryan. I think that all my impressions are my first viewing, and it's it's it. it, right.
1: it. Next time you get a day, for we're both free,
0: dude. Let's just get lightly shit house and watch Zodiac. Let's, let's
1: drink hobo negronis and watch Zodiac.
0: Fuck yeah! Also, by the way, this episode is brought to you by hobo and negronis. Thank you for Dale from Des Moines.
1: Yeah, my boy Dale from Camp yes. Run amok
0: Indeed, Ryan. What's your double feature selection for based on true events?
1: Uh, for the A movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring out old sleaze bag himself, De Palma. Ah, uh, Untouchables. Hmm. Um, I love Untouchables.
0: That's an I, extremely entertaining movie.
1: I dated a girl in high school whose dad showed me a different way to look at movies, and he his favorite thing about movies was the soundtrack. And I was a big Top Gun fan in high school. And he was like, all right, all right, that's that's cool and all. But, like, let's watch Untouchables. We watched Untouchables. And he was like, notice the score in this scene. And the scene in particular was uh, the cart, the baby cart falling down the stairs. He's like, look at the, like, just notice the minute details that he pays attention to in this. And then he always, he always made the line, like, uh, after we watched the movie, which is, um, it's like, you got him? Yeah, I got him. Take him. And like
0: that staircase scene is master class.
1: It's beautiful.
0: On the same token, I really always have to object to that because for me, all time weirdly off topic music scores is in Untouchables. It's that chase between Kevin Costner and Billy Zane look alike mm-hmm. at the, the rooftops. And I think I mentioned this in the past episode that I think of all the musical choices you could have selected for that movie for this climactic scene, you have done enough. Wow.
1: But I'm a bump, bump, wow. You could have gone with like a more like Roger Rabbit score.
0: Yeah. Honestly, if they had gone full instrumental, no, like non-electric, what about it? Perfect silence would have loved it. I feel like that's, you, you know, awesome. I, right, Ryan, I absolutely loathe a score telling me what to feel. I've walked out of movies because I felt the score was telling me how to feel. Like, that's that's how much of a prickly asshole I am when it comes to movies. I walked out of that Lighthouse movie with uh, Michael Fassbender and Alicia mm-hmm. Vikander because the score and the editing were telling me what to feel. And I'm like, amateur hour, bye. Deuces. Deuces. So... Don't disagree whatsoever about one of the greatest sequences in cinema history, which is but that disagree with the score? But the score on the whole? Mm, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm not dating that girl anymore.
0: Yeah. Sorry, dad of lady.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then my B choice. Yeah. I'm going with classic B movie schlocky
0: mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Monster. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Solid. I it's slow moving until the last forty five minutes. So never
0: seen it though, personally.
1: It's pretty great.
0: That's a That is a, that is a double feature that would make everyone stop and think, because that's a cool combo.
1: Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, I I would watch yours just for Zodiac. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and then you'd get City of God out of it, which is
1: which I've never seen so. It's, it's, I mean, you've you got my ass in the seat, but the movie I've never seen in a so movie I love. so fun,
0: Ryan. Like, you, you, you don't know how fun that movie is. like, I like it, fun. It's a, it's a Brazilian film about child gangsters. And when it gets bleak, it gets bleak.
1: I like bleak. Yeah.
0: Um. If you get a chance, Ryan, right, next time you want to watch a movie, you don't know what you're feeling, you want to watch something exciting, but also fucking black to the bone in terms of, like, darkness of humanity, put on City of God. It's just great. It's it's just great. And then I will put back on um uh, you Untouchables. Yeah. You know I have this distinct feeling that I've may nev never watchedables top to bottom. Oh dude. It was in constant rotation in my house. My brother was a big fan.
1: Oh, I mean, so that kinda turned you off.
0: A little bit. But you know, I it was always one of those things where I'd wanna watch Dragon Ball Z and said he's playing that. So mm. I'd sit through and I'd be like, Okay, this is actually really cool, but also I'm missing Goku versus Frieza Part Seventeen.
1: Yeah, this is my well. As we discussed, I never grew up on it, so this is better than that, in my opinion. But, <laughs> um, dude, De Palma, we love him. We I are, love that. Guy. We are noted Sneak De Palma guys. Snake Eyes. Bantam of the Paradise. That is true. Dice. That's true.
0: Dice Man. hey, hey. Ryan, that about wraps up our show. Yeah, about I think it's cool. Um, I would very happily watch your double
1: feature. I would very happily watch yours as well.
0: By the way, Ryan, are you available in a couple of weeks? Because I'm a uh, Evil Dead trilogy local movie local drive-in coming up soon. Mahoney. Mahoney.
1: Depends on the day, but
0: Friday the fourteenth. I'll let you know. Yeah, cause like I will. Mm-hmm very heartily apologize to the professor but you and me are going to go see the evil dead trilogy at a drive-in
1: that would be pretty great
0: you and i would sit in my mm. in either your uh what did you have a not a corolla elantra. A sonata elantra elantra either ryan and i drive virtually identical cars by the way yeah either your launcher or my camry and we're gonna fucking watch all the evil Dead's, and then our wives and girlfriends in the back seat
1: Fall asleep. Yeah, fall Playing asleep. their phone night.
0: Yeah, they'll play boards of friends.
1: Yeah, that's fine.
0: Any hoozles. Ryan, do some plugging for us.
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tango Light Cash. Uh, also at the bookstore Speakeasy every Friday, Saturday night. Three three six Adam Street, South Bethlehem, PA one eight zero one eight. Salid. Gabriel.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to the other top radio show. It is Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast, where Daniel Gonzalez and I discuss literature and literally nothing else ever. We just started our subseries, also known as Witcher, where Daniel and I are reading every short story in the Last Wish collection by Andrzej Sukowski all about The Witcher, while we also replay all of The Witcher 3 it is an endeavor. Besides that, we're also starting our next slow read, because we should read slowly, because that's our show. Yeah. We're reading Richard Price's Clockers, and Richard Price is one of my all-time favorite authors. I think, Ryan, you'd actually really get behind this, so at some point, pick up Clockers. I'm sure the library has it. It's $10 on Kindle. It's just this fucking tremendously brilliant read about crack dealers. Okay. And it's so good. Um, Besides that, um, shit. Um, next week hopefully we'll be doing either cocktail with friend of the show Neil Heimsoff, or we'll be doing waiting with friend of the show Steve Bost. And if everything goes to hell, Ryan and I will will achieve a dream of mine. And we're gonna watch the Robin Girl. Sorry, Brittany
2: Murphy. Yeah,
1: R.I.P.
0: Yeah, R.I.P. What a black Black mob of all the fucking things, Brittany Murphy. Anyway, um, yeah, I'll see you. see you next week. Bye. Baby.
2: This has been a Top Count Radio production. Executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasting content, go to TopGuantRadio.com.